Uncensored Radio Real Talk Roundtable. Real life, real laughs, real talk. Well, well, howdy ho, folks out there in UCR land. Welcome to another Real Talk Roundtable. And things are going to get raw chair today. So we're going to welcome our roundtablers. Hello, the vivacious Vera. Hi, guys. The captivating Katie Underwood. Ooh. <laughs> the alluring Angel. Ooh. I to see something. Oh, oh God, one of those chimney too. <laughs> mistress of the boobs, Marie. Yes. <laughs> so yes, we're um, we're taking it after dark today, kids, and we mm, love it. Our topic is sex. Oh, now Ooh. it's going to get a little. It's look, we're going all over the map here today. So strap in, put the kids, uh, uh, put <laughs> that, the kids, I, I, put I, the I kids away. Strap in, strap on, baby. Yes. Good night, kitties. Good night, sure kids. Good night. Bye bye. <laughs> this is this one gets a rating. Yep. Strap in and strap on because it's happening. Okay. <laughs> strap on. So. <laughs> We're going to go biblical and old school. Oh, goodness. And this is a this is a survey that I found. And the question is, do you think sex between an unmarried man and woman is morally acceptable or morally wrong? Where do we think we are sitting in the modern day? I'm not going to give you the statistics yet. Where do you think in modern day we are we are sitting? I will start with Marie. Where do you think we're sitting today with the acceptability of I, unmarried sex? Well, to me, like <laughs> where I am, we have a group of swingers that have partnered. Invite people. I know a lot of them. They're married. Um, I know people who are open now, like don't, you know, they can be with men, women, multiple people together. Um, you know, me and my manager talked about this with his daughter. He's hard, he's having a hard time wrapping his head around that and her bring them bringing other people into the relationship. And I'm like, whatever makes people happy. I think, but I would say old school people probably frown on it. Uh-huh. Nowadays, it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's okay, Luke, what do you think? Where do you think we're sitting in that survey? Well, I think I'm going to hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, I think that Join a lot of people, I reckon it's a 50-50 split. I think a lot of people really hold on to that, you know, you got to be committed to that one partner and that's the way it should be, um, you know. And it, But really, a lot of people who even believe that and say that are hypocrites and they've done things against what they're saying. <laughs> exactly. Miss Anjo, what do you think? Where do you think we're sitting in that survey? So this is what I think. I think all the old school people, they would never say it, but they were fucking freaks, okay? They did stuff that they are not admitting to. And I only know this because I can remember being a little girl. And my mom took me to my friend's house. And it was like the the old school like film movies with the, you got to put it on the thing and it spins. Projector. Yeah. Projector. And it was poor, okay? 
a whole bunch of couples watching porn. I think old school, they were freaks, but they would never admit it. Now we're just more open to be like, They were freaks behind closed doors back in the day, and now the doors are open. They were embarrassed about it. Like, you know, women didn't talk about their bodies. They didn't talk about vaginas, you know, all that other nipples. Like, ooh, squeeze and pinch them. That was unheard of. Okay, unheard of. Now, might as well. I think now, I think people are still a little afraid to be sexually open, and it's sad. Liberate yourselves, people. It's fun. Katie Underwood, what do you think? Where, where is where is this um, where is this survey sitting, trending towards? Look, I I think that the concept of sex and marriage is separate in the modern world. You know, it used to be that one was bound inextricably to the other, um, and I think unless you are in a very orthodox religious uh, arrangement where you know sex before marriage is prohibited, I think. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that probably 70% of people believe that you can have sex with someone if you're not married to them and that that Ooh. is acceptable. She's put um, a number on it. I like I it. I don't know. I, I like it. That's my, that's my <laughs> Vera, what about you? I'm total agreement. I was going to put a number on it. I was going to go 67%, like a two-third, one-third kind of thing. <laughs> But I think Vera, Vera, Vera is really good at auctions, in case you can't tell. 67.5. <laughs> All right, here we go. This survey says 69% of people say it was morally acceptable. <laughs> I just find it funny at 69. I know, right? <laughs> 28% yeah. of people said it was morally wrong. 1% said they did that uh, depended on the situation and the other percent said no opinion <laughs> i have no opinion you know it depends yeah, you know. on the person though right like it depends on what that person wants to do with it like where they want to go with it who they want right. to be with like it, it it's not just like oh you can't do this or you should do this it depends on the person i'm gonna put my daughter's business out there i'm sorry baby She's 21. Um, and <laughs> sorry, baby. She's 21 and she's decided to, she decided when she was very young to save herself for marriage. And she's decided to stick with it. And that's a personal choice. She, you know, her personal decision. Am I going to look down on it? No. Me, I'm like, woo! I like to dabble in it all. Like I've dated women, I've dated men, and I've gotten judged for it. A lot of people don't understand it. And it's bad when you get judged for your sexual preferences and people are very prude and they're afraid of anything that's not vanilla and normal. Normal, which is basically having sex missionary. Right. You're boring. <laughs> yeah. I, I think as long as it's your daughter's personal choice. Right. Nobody and that's else's just, business. Right. And I religious body put that choice on her, then I got right, with it. Right. And I actually yeah. had a friend come for me um about it, like put me on blast on Facebook. Oh, you're supporting your daughter waiting for marriage. It's like why would you force her to do that? I'd rather my kids test it and make sure they like it with the person they're with. And my husband, mm-hmm. of course, who's an Italian loudmouth, chimed in and said, we're not hey. raising hoes. Yeah, he did. He's like, we're not raising hoes over here. And that just started the whole... Oh, that started the, much. Oh, yeah. but, but 
it was for this friend who was coming for us as parents trying to teach her make your own decisions if you want to wait and she was like well you're wrong for doing that like and i'm like well what do you want me to tell her to do go bang every guy in the damn corner no like so i think people need to realize it's your personal choice of what you want to do you know and i don't yeah, think absolutely. we're given that freedom to voice how that and you're constantly like judged yeah definitely my, my conversation with my daughter when she got a serious boyfriend i said all right well i want you to be vaccinated for like hpv and meningitis right. stuff i want you to be safe I said, so no oral, anal, vaginal until you are completely vaccinated. And she goes, Mah. and I said, well, that's how people get cancer. Like you can, yeah. bro, you get the surprise on it. Like right. I just want you to be vaccinated first. And she's like, I can't believe you said that to me. And I'm just like, but it's the truth. We're <laughs> very open with our kids. Like we we'd rather say. them know and be prepared and be safe than just walk out there not knowing anything. So we're very open with our kids. There's tons of young girls who don't have uterus because of yeah. The, yeah, yeah. cancer and stuff and can't never have children and stuff right. and, you know, like you now have a vaccine and yeah. that you can prevent that and you can save your, your daughter and your son from the, right. you know, and so, you know, I was very open with her about being careful yeah. till because if yeah. you're exposed before you're vaccinated, it was, was worthless. Right. So. And I think as parents, it's our duty to make sure that we inform our children. We're not pushing them to do it, but if you are going to do it, we want you to be safe. My mom's a minister. I can tell you, I knew nothing before I got married to my first husband. And I was 19, like she scared the living crap out of me as a teenage girl. <laughs> to even kiss a boy. Like I thought the worst things could happen. Like I knew nothing. So I'd rather have them know everything than have them be like, you know, afraid of being intimate with someone or having these myths take over mm -hmm. your mind and you're right. terrified of someone even I, like freaking yeah. kissing you on the cheek. It's not. I think it's important for, for everyone to be, um, look, as, as well informed and as mentally prepared for that first time right as yes. possible because i i'm sure we're all flashing back and going oh, 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 oh. because dude, <laughs> dude let's the, put it nuns, like, oh. the nuns and my mother scared the crap out of me let's just put it that way <laughs> my husband his mother is very religious she told him the devil was going to come take yep. him to hell if he had sex <laughs> Oh my, my mother's God. a minister. She told me similar things. Like, yes. yeah. And he it believed that he was young. And so he did I. Like it was these things were going to happen. And I said, that's terrible. I just told my daughter about STDs. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, boys are going to use you. They're going to yep. photos. They're going to share with their friends, like STDs. Yep. Like the devil. Your vagina's going to fall out <laughs> if you do it with the wrong boy. <laughs> I think moms can talk though a little bit more to their daughters because see I'm one of four boys and then my sister was the youngest and whether it was just with maturity as my mother got older she never spoke to us about anything you I know it's just son. with none of us boys my at all like I would hear stuff from my brothers because they were a lot older than me they were teenagers when I was little right. so I, I knew stuff but like 
you know, pretty much in my existence up until I was like 15 or so, I really didn't know much about sex or that it, what, it, what it really entailed. sex education came from books. We talked to our son. speak about it at all. My uh, father couldn't speak about it. Mm -hmm. I think there's, and Steve, maybe you can back up with some statistics on this, but I've heard that the average age that children start accessing sexualized content or pornographic imagery online is about 11. Yeah. So yeah. as a parent of any, of a child of any gender, if you don't start to have those awkward, maybe uncomfortable preteen conversations, even before yeah. your child thinks that they're ready, at least then they're going to start getting that information right. from you rather than, you know, buddy right. up the road or, you know, right. Laura up the street and, and get the wrong idea from the get go. So, you know, my, right. my daughters are, are just about to turn 10. Yeah, um, there. <laughs> I, I, well, I feel really happy that, you know, my household, they're well aware that I'm also bisexual and that, you know, mm -hmm. love is love. Yeah. And they, they've yep. been well versed on that from day dot. And I'm so proud that one of my daughters has, you know, both my daughters have shared their little boy crushes. But just recently, one of my daughters shared a girl crush that she currently oh, has. And I feel really proud that she's comfortable yeah. enough. She knows she's not going to get judged or I'm not going to probe her. Yep. And I hope that that continues to roll out in another few years when those conversations Definitely. get a yes. bit more in depth. But, you know, I'm, I intend to be quite on the front foot with, okay, you know, by next year, right, do we know what sex is? Do you know what oral is? Do you know, like, even they'll be going, ooh, ooh, but at the same time... <laughs> I know right. that I'd rather them hear it from me, yeah, um, I think from someone important. who has the runs on the board, than from some kid in the schoolyard who's just going to show them porn. And and that's that's not where I want them to learn it from yeah. because that's an illusion, you know. Well, you could be it's like about, me, yeah. 15, 15 with a baby, ninth grade. <laughs> me. Yeah. So I went and got my own birth control. Is it okay after you have your period, start your pack of pills? Never got my period because I was already pregnant. Yeah. So, you know, oh, that's thing that ever happened to me in my life. I love my daughter more than my own life itself. But, you know, and obviously. Best, best sex education in the world, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, but it just was I educated her, like, and right. I shared my stories. And I, my mom, you know, just isn't that kind of person she doesn't right. talk about stuff like that so we really commendable because you see it go the other way so many times too yeah um, a lot of women that get pregnant young are so paranoid about their daughters getting pregnant young mm -hmm. and i know at least three of those women who have teenage daughters that have children right so and is I, that paranoia is that paranoia really serving you when you should be educating your child right. and go this is what happened to me yes and sharing your this stories is, instead of going don't do this don't do that don't do that yeah, because right. teenagers are gonna go you know what yeah <laughs> and i told her i knew she was gonna have sex like just let's get right. out of control let's well, yeah, get vaccinated be safe and now she's 25 and she said i hate to break this to you but i give you grandchildren i'm like what? and i was like you're my only biological child and i have any more and she's like i just don't know if i want to have kids she's like that's what my daughter told this? me yeah she's like you're going to be disappointed and i said no i mean i would like to have grandkids but you know right. if you don't want to have children i'm not going right. to have kids you know so yeah but i think yeah. that speaks so much to the changing attitudes as well as katie was saying even 10 years ago, 
the the stuff that you're teaching your daughters was Shh, we don't talk about that locked behind closed doors. That is my family. We and with but with sisters. with parents that are willing to be honest with their children about yeah. not only the act of sex but their own sexuality and their own right. experience. I think that can only help, right? And can only can only make them better informed and more ready to make that decision for themselves because right. you know you've i think got it's yourself, about as you said it's about removing the shame around sexuality whether that's sexual identity whether that's the you know the activity itself but particularly for young girls that we stop this sort of slut shaming inequality around you know boys sow their wild oats and girls are just like making cupcakes until they get married you know and i i think we've moved away from that but i think it's still in play um you know that that even in that stereotypical thing of fathers will protect their daughters fiercely and yet encourage their sons to go out and you know be more wild and i wonder how much that inequality is still in play um you know but again having said that everyone's so different and young people some young people need to be encouraged to be more expressive and others are going to feel maybe pressured to be too sexual too young and maybe uh -huh. they need to be like angel's daughter to to feel um supported if they choose to not be right. sexual at the same rate as their friends and that that is okay too um, right. But sexual liberation isn't about just being free and wild. For some right. people, sexual liberation is the right to say no and exactly. to hold themselves sacred for as long as they want, you know. And and my, my history has been sort of many and varied, but I would like to think that I'm going to honour my daughter's choices. I'll mm -hmm. give them all the information. I'll share as much experience as I can with them. Right. But that to really empower them with that knowledge that the choice is yours. If you want to be wild, if you want to be right. self contained and sacred both of those things are your choice and that both yeah. of those things are liberation you know that's right. kind of uh, how i yeah. see it i think that the the point of view of of queer identifying parents is really important too especially and it's not something that we talk about a lot uh -huh. for gay males young gay males because mm. with apps like grinder and da 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 they put themselves, and I think, Luke, you could probably speak to this as well. You put yourself in quite precarious situations just to, Absolutely. to you know, get out there and try something you want to try. Whereas right. I think if, if and it is getting better, but like even in the space of how, how old we are, like you see, you see kids in, in primary school, like, yeah, it's like, okay, you go, girl. Like you, you live your life. Your parents are doing something right. Like, um, but well, I think with apps like Grinder, though, like they're demystifying comes... it and taking it out of the shadows to make it a safer experience. Well, well, Does I was going to sense? say people take a lot of risks with things like Grinder. You know, mm -hmm. they go into an environment like they'll hook up with someone they don't know, and especially like young guys will go to uh, another location. They don't know who this person is. Um, it's quite they, didn't watch stuff. they didn't watch Oprah. You never go to the second location. <laughs> we, uh... But they all do. And, you know, Tinder's the same now. It's happening in, like, in, in, in heterosexual, bisexuals. Everyone's sort of doing this now. But it, there is a risk there. And I think this younger generation really needs to understand all of that as well. It's not you're meeting at the disco anymore. It's, right. you know. <laughs> 
My sisters and I. You're getting sold lies on an app sometimes. You don't know who you're talking to. Generation ahead, and when we were in high school, we were in theater, and theater is a pansexual smorgasbord. Wonderland. Yeah, there's there's gay smorgasbord. Try what you like. Yeah. So when we, when my niece and nephew were coming of age, my sisters were very open with them, and they they could answer. And any question, or they could say, that's a question for Aunt Vera. She knows about physical stuff. And, you know, so they had very open dialogues and they were very accepted to the point where when my nephew one day just decided, Mom, I'm coming out. I think you need to know I'm straight. <laughs> you know, and he was dead serious that he was having the talk with his mom. And I think that's a beautiful story. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the modern day, look, yeah, yeah. look, that, more power to you. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard much about it, but what's your opinion? <laughs> and some of you are going to go like this. Uh, have you heard about the super straight movement that's going on at the moment? So these people, these these people identify as. Um, Super heterosexuality have never considered anything, have never touched anything, blah 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 blah. Um, their logo slash flag is orange and black, which Why just happens to yeah, because yeah. everyone else has a flag, so that they feel like they need a flag because you know everyone else can have a flag. Orange and black are the colors of not only the Pornhub logo but also Grinder. Yeah, I was just about to say that. This this makes this makes about as much sense to me as like a a, a white lives matter movement. Like, what right. the fuck, you know? Yeah, heteronormative behavior has never been judged, uh, prejudiced against. You know, there's there's nothing to rally against here, kids. You know, I just think if they've got flag envy, like. I don't know. Get out. No, I think it's just it. drop it, kids. No, I'm not up for this at all. Take your straight movement back into the dark ages, people. No, not Ridiculous. necessary. Flag envy. Sorry. You don't get a flag. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna move forward because it's the modern day. And um, there's been some very interesting conversations happening around um, sex during COVID. (laughs) (laughs) So um, (laughs) there's literally been um, (laughs) statements made by government officials. This one reads, use barriers like walls, e.g. glory holes, that allow for (laughs) sexual contact but prevent face-to-face contact. Also, if you're going to have a, if you're uh, New York, it's somewhere in New York. Um, Of course it was. Why wouldn't it be? If you're going to, um, if you're going to have an orgy, please have it in a well-ventilated space where people, where where people can can keep their four uh, their four square distance. I don't oh know God. what kind of orgy these people are going to, but you got to have a good reach. <laughs> That's a good style reach. only. Hey, maybe this is like you know the selfie sticks. Yeah, maybe exactly. it's like they need to just like put the dildo on the end of the stick. Is that, is, is that where we're going? Or we need is that to what's um, happening? We know. need to invite that guy from Sex Life to every orgy because. Oh. <laughs> 
if you watch last week's show, he he would be fine with that four square meter. He'd be like, woo! If he if he happened to everyone. But um, yeah, interestingly, the um you would think I, I would expect obviously there's gonna be some sort of baby boom happening in the next couple of months with all the people that have been at home, but the trends are that people are having sex less. Well, I, and again, married, married, married slash monogamous couples that are living together are having less sex now than they were pre-COVID. No, because they're home with each other all the time and they can't <laughs> stand it. Exactly. Listen, my best life got because anymore. Listen, I'm having the best time of my life. Then I don't know what these people are doing. They're doing it wrong. <laughs> <living. laughs> Angel, talk about how much work you've been doing, though. Well, I work like 60 hours a week. And, yeah. you know, I take care of my husband and the kids. And, you know, so like, when it's I, downtime, it is downtime. She's out. She's ready. Even when I'm tired, that's not an excuse. Like, I know. You, know, you like, it's more of a, not just about sex, but be close to that person, the intimacy, your bonding, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But listen, we got to do what you got to do. I'm not sitting we, down in blankets. I had I had COVID. I had COVID in January. I was asymptomatic. My husband cannot wait two weeks. He's like, let's just do a doggy self. You point that way. And don't breathe <laughs> on me. <laughs> just point like that way. That should be a third thing. Yeah, just you, we should be okay. Mask her up. <laughs> hey, maybe someone needs to bring out. Maybe someone needs to bring out, like a, you know, a bit like instead of the Kama Sutra with all the positions, but like COVID-safe sexual positions. You need to trademark that shit and get it out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> COVID-safe sex for the modern world. I think the really COVID Sutra by Katie Underwood. Yeah. <laughs> COVID Sutra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sadly enough, I know a few couples that did not make it through covid that i couldn't Definitely. believe that and it broke my heart families were involved in people and the comment was you don't know what goes on behind closed doors in other people's relationships and i'm like but you're so perfect i didn't under i don't understand like why is it ending and they they simply said you have you don't know you see what people want you to see you don't right see and this is exactly what the what the report i read said at the beginning of the at the beginning of last year when it was all brand new there was afternoon afternoon delight and secret swims and naked fridays and da 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 whereas now <laughs> towards now they're nitpicking it at everything that their partner yeah. does because of the overexposure effect right. <laughs> it's okay when you both have somewhere else to go away and you come back to your safe space and go oh i dig you you're a cool person let's get funky well see but my if all you're seeing up. is that yeah. 24 hours a day yeah i didn't have that my husband worked yeah. the entire time like exactly so i think my husband worked really too. changed so nothing yeah, really changed for us he was home for two weeks or two three weeks and i was like dude go find something to fucking do. Like, I'm going to murder you. Like, I'm like, why are find you- Find something to do that isn't me. Go away. Right. Like, don't even talk to me. Don't breathe on me. Just go find, go go work on a car or something. So I get it. But we also had the best time together when he was home. Like, we 
hung out a lot more. Like, you know, you have like, you have that bonding time. So, I mean, I guess you don't know what people are going through in their marriages. And some people, you know, they're married, but they don't like each other. And that's a hard truth, you know? It's sad, but my- My husband plays video games. I like to clean. He's in the living room playing video games. I'm in my kitchen going behind yeah. the stove and the fridge, scrubbing floors and stuff. And that's right. I mean, and that's what I do. And I don't bother him when he plays video games and he knows not to bother me when I'm cleaning my house. Right. Right. <laughs> I think it's such a different thing, you know, so variable in relationships, how much time a couple needs together or apart to be happy. And I think there's a massive variation in that. Some couples will thrive spending more time together and others yeah. will break, you know, and there's no, there's no right or wrong about that. I think it's just people have different needs when it comes to how independent yeah. or codependent or interdependent they're happy to be yeah. and whether that works for them or not. So yeah, it's definitely not a one size fits all. I think when it comes to time spent and whether that results in more sex or less sex, if we're coming right. back to the topic. Yeah. yeah. It, dep- well, it depends on your chemistry with your partner, right? Like, yeah. and especially if- Especially for people that aren't in a relationship during COVID, and I could like I could only imagine like, especially in America, like with all this immunization and everything going on, it's going to be a fuck summer, right? For those right. for those well, I mean, for those single like, folks that have been locked up for a year, I, I could only imagine. There's a name for it. They're they're talking about it, um, and I can't remember what the name is, but it's yeah, and. Uh, Somebody what said, if the, the, reason, uh, the reason the Roaring Twenties happened in the 1920s was post-pandemic, and he said, and we've got a whole new Roaring Twenties coming on. They were talking about yeah, it on right. the radio. Today. One of the podcasts I listen to, one of the podcasts I listen to, they keep saying the streets will run white with cum this summer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, a gra- it's a graphic. But I was like, but, I can I mean, imagine with all those folks that are like, Pent up, it's gonna just be like slamming bodies. Oh my God. Talk about <laughs> arresting somebody's sexual development. It's like when I was in college in my te- late teens, early twenties. You know, that was the time to figure out who you were, to you know, date a girl or date a guy or do whatever you thought you wanted to do in this totally safe space. And these kids have been in quarantine. Like, how, yeah. how late, delayed is their sex education going to be? You they're know? ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 63.47% of people post-COVID say, say that their relationship, yeah, the sex that they're having is with a partner that, you know, their, their relationship partner. There's um, some other interesting ones. There seems to be a lot of... Um, regular sexual partners now as opposed to you know this is my boyfriend this is my girlfriend so they come in at at 10.5 percent whereas um sex with strangers is only 8.22 percent so we're it seems to me that we're trending now towards as opposed to when you would go out and hook up at a club with some rando and be like okay that was cool there seems to be more of a trend of, you know, for want of a better term, getting a fuck buddy and going, I know this person, they know and me. It's, you know, it's transactionary as opposed to right. no, having emotion sometimes. You know what, actually, I don't, I don't know 
if I agree with that. I, I think when you choose okay. to have the and um, yeah, sure, the loose term fuck buddy, but let's let's just sort of be a bit more diplomatic, di diplomatic, and say you know you choose to have a, a lover, a permanent lover who may not cohabitate with you, who may not be in a, a set relationship with you, but who you agree to have regular sex with, and that rather than it, I think casual sex is transactional. The agreement is you do it because it's exciting and because you never want to see them again. And that's what makes it exciting, right? That's the casual sex. That's your 8%. But these 10%ers, and I'm kind of in that, is the people that I'm choosing to have sexual relations with, I want to develop the relationship. I wanted to develop a certain level of knowing and intimacy because my experience is the better that you know your partner and they know you, the better the sex gets. Casual yeah. sex is yeah. not often the best sex because you kind of, sometimes you get lucky, you do the right thing, they do the right thing and you go, that was great. But I've had just as many equal fails because this person doesn't know me or my body and of course they're not going to hit all the buttons. Whereas someone yeah. that's known me for six months or six years or decades is, is going to be able to kind of get me where I need to go much faster because we have this understanding. So I don't know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call the fuck body situation transactional. I think it's, it is a form of intimacy whether we are prepared to accept it that or consciously not. or not. Some people will deny how yeah. attached they are. But the point yeah, I exactly. was going to make about it, though, is it's not just transactional important, but it's a safe space, you know? Yeah. When the AIDS epidemic started, they would talk about every time you have a hookup, you are not just sleeping with one person, you're sleeping with everyone they slept with. And, you know, that was my thought when COVID started. It's like a casual hookup, you have no idea who that person has interacted with and what droplets they've picked up along the way, you know, it's it's not a good idea to do casual during a pandemic, you know? Look, so the way the way I look at it, it's kind of a bit, a bit of laziness too. You're like, I like that person. They like me. They know what I like. I know what they like. I don't have to try. But it's I think like, it's getting older too. What's going on? When you're younger, Let's do that. Right. When you're younger, you take more risks, and I think, mm -hmm. and, and there's that more excitement there of new experience, new experience. As you get older, it's like, eh, is it really that great? Like, you want to be comfortable more so, and you want to know who's coming into your home or whose home you're going to. And yeah, That's how I feel now. now. It's like being, being a gay male, I am not going into some dirty public toilet that, like, just to, you know, get a You're not going to follow the rules in New York to maybe, the glory hole. Maybe get a thrill or, You're not like, going to the go stand in a back alley or in a park or, like, Girl, I don't got time for that. Like, whatever. Oh, my house is warm. That's a different breed. Since the pandemic, I see less walks of shame in the morning at AJ's because I would see that all the time, every day going into work, and less people coming in because they left with someone or they can't find their car keys or they can't find their shoes. I'm not finding bras and shoes and keys and everything. So I think people are being a little bit more careful because it's definitely not the way it was pre-COVID, like for sure, because people were being reckless. And when I say reckless, I'm like, oh girl, you was, I mean, use condoms in the parking lot when I'm walking Ew. in. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, they used the condom. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're actually closing at two a.m. when we used to say open till four, just to be on the safer side of things yeah, because right. things get a little too crazy after. People two. getting are going to get slightly less pregnant. 
<laughs> yes, right. And that's what I'm telling you. It's, it's less things that I used to see and be like, whoa, buddy, you had some fun last night. You know, I'm not really seeing that anymore in the morning, which is, I guess I didn't think about it. It was probably had to do with COVID. You know, people are right. really pissed about leaving with people they don't know. Right. Well, right. I mean, here, bars close at 11. Nothing is open until 2 anymore. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Oh, wow. We're open to see what happens after now. I would, like your, I would like your opinion on this. So studies are showing that ethical non-monogamy is on the rise. So in 2016, a survey of nearly 9,000 single U.S. adults showed that one in five had previously been in a non-consensual monogamous relationship. Um, those numbers are slowly rising. So do you, as we were talking about before, those notions of, I have to be a married betrothed, like this is my partner for life kind of thing uh, are going, which can only be a good thing, right? It's not that ethical non-monogamy, as we talked about now, monogamy episode <laughs> way back when. Um, I think it's honesty more than anything else, right? Katie, you had a lot yeah, to say on look, the topic I, last time. I, you go I for am, it. I am an ethical non-monogamist. Um, all of the people who I have sexual relations with are aware there are other people in play and I've been very forward and very honest about that. But at, at the age of 45, you know, I've given up lying um, both for my own sanity and everyone else I interact with. Um, but, look, I, I think the... The issue around that and the rise of ethical non-monogamy is that people understand now they can choose. You know, in the past you couldn't choose. Monogamy was the only choice because anything else meant you're being sent to hell or you're relying or, you know, there wasn't a lot of choice around it. Whereas this concept of liberating what a relationship looks like, whether that's man or woman, whether it's woman, woman, man or man, whether it's one woman and three, you know, three men or multiple lovers or, or an agreed triad, that there are all these different variations that are acceptable, but the thing that runs underneath all of them and the thing that makes it ethical is that you have to be honest and open with what the agreement is and that this replaces the old version of, well, you know, the sit-at-home wife who just accepts that her husband cheats and she agrees not to ask questions. You know, that was the old model, whereas maybe the new model would be, well, yeah, I don't have the sexual drive that you do, so I'm I'm going to consciously give you permission to take on a lover, but that at least then there's some openness and and there we get to keep the respect for our partners, regardless of what the differing drives might be. You know, and I think that's, for me, that's what it's about. It's about respecting yourself and what you need and respecting all of your partners or all of your lovers um, in being able to be honest with them and keep to those agreements. But I think it's like that trust, honesty, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. honesty yeah. and trust would have saved a lot of relationships. I think if people can be truly honest, like I've, I've actually met a couple that when they were dating, even before they got serious, serious, they both like, we're both bisexual. Okay, mm. cool, no worries. Moving forward, they they made an agreement that they're fine. They can go off and you know, do what they want to do with their same sex partners, but their relationship is with, is with their, you know, within that, within that confine of the two of them. They've since married and still 
both, you know, happily go out there and do what they need to do, but their relationship is super, super strong, like crazily strong. Whereas I think in the past, it's always like, especially the, the whole cheating thing, especially when it's the same sex thing, is a huge, 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 huge thing. If you can be honest with your partner from the get-go, right, that can only make a relationship right. better, That's in right. my opinion. In my opinion, as a single person. I think if you have expectations of what you expect in a relationship, like I just don't want to be with one person. I think it's on you as a fucking human being to be honest and tell the other person, listen, I love you. I want to be with you. But hey, I may want to bring someone else in. I think you owe the other person that. And it works for some people and for others it doesn't. I think it's it requires so much trust and honesty and a lot of courage to bring that up to the other person you're with. You know? Sorry, Vera, what were you saying? Go ahead. I, there's a podcast that I listen to quite frequently called Modern Love, produced by the New York Times. And it's a lot of stories told by individuals about how they arrived at their relationships. And uh, last week, there was a really beautiful story about um, an open marriage. Uh, The husband was bisexual and wanted to keep his options open to have sex with men. And the wife wasn't really into the idea of an open relationship, but they agreed that they wanted children. And then as the marriage progressed, she decided she wanted to seek another partner, too. And her partner was in a really horrific auto accident and the two families really came together to support you know the husband was supporting his wife who was mourning you know her the injuries of her lover and the lover's wife was also supporting the marriage of this other couple and it was a really beautiful story about how these four people arrived at a wonderful relationship and the start of it was the son eight-year-old son they were bringing uh dinner to the hospital where mommy was sitting with her boyfriend and mom was supposed to come out and the son turned to his dad said well we know she's with ryan why don't we just bring it to her and the innocence of the child just accepting that this was mommy's boyfriend and they could go upstairs and be together it was really a beautiful podcast And you can look at what works for people. Everyone's so different. Yeah. Well, everyone's so different, you know, and it's what the dynamics of two people and then three people, four people. If it works, it works. Uh, For a lot of people, it never will. And support, if you can find that with four people or eight people, you know, then that's okay. I think think it's also, um, it's important, though, for people who want or need to be in a monogamous relationship, to also have the courage to step up and say that. You know, I've been exposed to the swinging communities and fetish communities, and I see a lot of people kind of feel like to be cool, they have to be prepared to be all open and liberated, where their truth is that actually they really want an intimate monogamous relationship with their partner, but they bend their own boundaries to kind of make it work. So, you know, as much as I love empowering people to be liberated and be unique and, and I think, again, there needs to be 
just as much support around those people who go, you know what, actually I'm, I'm heteronormative and actually I really want a monogamous relationship and this is what is true for me. And for those people to be valued and respected as well, you know. And I, and I worry sometimes that that model, because we look at that and we think it's old-fashioned, that, that then some people in the free love world will go, oh, that's, that's a lie or that's not true. I think it is true for some people still. Mm. Um, that that's what yeah. they need and that's what's good for them and that, and that really it's about whoever you are in a relationship with, as long as you both have the same understanding and need, then it will work. But if one person is trying to pretend one way or the other to please the other, then it's, it's only ever a matter of time before that blows up. And, and we talked about that. The, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Go, I was going to say, because for me and my husband, you know, that's the only option for us is monogamy. And I can be honest and tell you that if he wanted to be with someone else, I'd feel less than, I'd feel yeah. unwanted, I'd feel unloved, I'd feel <laughs> that I wasn't good enough. You know, like why did you feel that you needed somebody else? Why wasn't I? And that is like, you know, an old school mindset. You know, we got married, we made a vow, and that's what we chose. And I can tell you, I'm not mature enough to say that I could share and be okay with it. But you know what? I want to actually pull you up there and say it's it's not a question of maturity. And you see, right. you're already trying to cut yourself down for, for exposing your truth. I think it's a beautiful thing. If you if you have that need and you find a partner that has that same need and understanding, I don't think you should apologize for that at all. And I, I, I don't I'd be the first one to say that having multiple lovers isn't about maturity. It's just it's kind of like sexual identity. It's either right for you or it isn't. Um, and I, I don't think that you should feel any less because you have this amazing contained, beautifully intimate relationship with your partner. I think that's gorgeous. And Thank you. I think it's no partners is the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But I think it's it's still so telling that we've jumped from the topic of sex to relationship. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Even in this modern day, no matter what the relationship is, whether it be, you know, non-monogamous, monogamous, you know, whatever, that emotional tie is still always there. No matter how much you try and separate it, and I know that, Gay guys like to think that they're especially good at it, that, you know, sex and emotion. It can be separate, but, you know, the the conversation has led us closer to it than further away from it. But mm -hmm. we're going to we're going to um, we're going to take the partners out of the equation for a little while. <laughs> so on this survey, has there been a change in frequency in the amount you solo masturbate prior to COVID to now? <laughs> <laughs> Four point uh, 4.61% says I'm masturbating way less. 8.16% say I'm masturbating slightly less. 45.74% say no change. 26.24% <laughs> I'm masturbating slightly more. And 15.25%, only 15, saying I'm masturbating way more. Now... Let's look at the factors because a lot of people have been trapped in a house with a lot of people and it makes it makes that alone time very, very um, rare. Unless you live alone, then all you've got to do is, you know, <laughs> Keep yourself play, the home, play the home game. But um, I, I think that's super interesting because everyone's like, oh, my God, everyone's just going to be at home. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, 
uh, it depends on your sex drive, right? If if you're not getting your needs met somewhere, you're gonna meet your needs somehow. But yeah, it's not it's not this massive increase that everyone's like, well, everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be doing something to someone, and it's like, no, mate, they're not even doing it to themselves at the moment. It seems so interesting interesting well, results do you think maybe that could be because you know COVID was happening people are home but i also feel like people were stuck at home so much it was almost <laughs> the thrills gone. like they were they were just kind of like blah like i don't want to do anything i don't even want to do myself like you know like i don't have the energy to i, I there's no uh, sunlight i'm not getting fresh air i'm having no social interaction so how many people are that excited that like what was there to get excited about like even touching yourself like you're like uh me again exactly <laughs> like oh this is boring you know well, everyone deals with stress differently too so yeah mm-hmm. some people may have felt that was a stress relief a lot of people would have thought right. oh, last thing i care about right now is sexual needs because everything else is taking priority right now um yeah so, you know, think- every once again different Definitely different the, strokes the- for different folks The question I would want to ask here is, you know, what are the different reasons why people choose to masturbate in the first place? And Luke, you've hinted on on that, that some people do use masturbation or even sexual relations in general as a stress reliever. Right. And so in that Mm -hmm. case, they're definitely on the upswing. Um, But, you know, for the rest of us, we, we might do it for different reasons that may or may not have anything to do with whether they're at home, not like for me, I'm in the no change category. Like, (laughs) <laughs> the amount that I do or don't masturbate has not changed. I've never been a big one for it, like right. occasionally. Um, and so that because it's not attached to any external or internal event for me, it's just kind of random. Um, right. So, you know, for me that hasn't changed. But, you know, I've had partners where I, I can tell if they're stressed because their sex drive increases. And I'll be like, okay, I'm really happy that you're horny for me, but actually what's going on for you right now? Because, right. you know, you're coming at me three times a day and maybe <laughs> we need to be talking about something right. else, you know? So, yeah. So I've, I've got a question because this came up with um, one of my workmates because they're talking about their friend who walked in on their partner masturbating during the, during the pandemic. And that was like a hugely shocking, like horrible thing that they're not meeting their partner's sexual needs and da 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 da. Do you take that personally? Look, I'm going to go into, I can only go from personal experience. Uh, I had a relationship where a partner was masturbating while I'd be at work and we would never sleep together. Then it was a problem because we had Definitely. no intimacy. Um, so, but I don't think it's an issue in general. I think, you know, people have control of their own body and should be allowed to do what they want with it. But if it's affecting the relationship overall, then it's an issue. Yeah, I agree. I find that was really like a really weird, like go-to straight away. Is that like, oh, I'm so offended by that. Like, that, well, people feel like when, like I'm not good have enough. Have a conversation. But it might like, be nothing to do with them. That's like a self, right. you know, projection yeah. almost. Like, yeah. Like when Just I was younger, like in my higher. early Sorry, 20s, Andrew. I was, a, I, like, I remember catching my ex-husband, and I was very young when we got married, like 19, 20. And he was a little bit older, and I remember catching him, and I was so offended, like, oh, my goodness, am I not good enough? Am I not enough? 
But as I got older, it doesn't bother me as much because I'm like, you know what? It's a human body. You have you have feelings sometimes. You got to do what you got to do. Um, it's a natural thing, you know. Take care look, of we all like we all like a night off sometimes, right? <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you're just not the mood. You're like, can you go in the other room and just leave me alone because I'm trying to watch Gossip Girl or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> My ex used to, like, just the most inopportune times. I'm like, can you just leave me alone, please? Like, I'd, I'd get up and go to work and teach all, teach dance all day, come home for the two hours between that and working at night in hospitality. And it was like, hey, hey. I'm like, no way. I'm like, just. Yeah. You just oh, wanted to catch oh, your oh, episode of Ali McDeal, didn't you? Oh, no, I wanted to sleep. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm sleeping. So, look. Unless it's something I can do with my eyes closed, don't, <laughs> don't talk to me. Can we do like, it? I'm, I'm pretty ambidextrous. <laughs> I can make that work. But if I have to be involved in it, I'm like, take it in the shower. At least there's yeah. no, like, you know what I mean? Leave me alone. <laughs> That's probably why he cheated on me. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I can I? share with you that my first marriage, and this is going back, you know, started 20 years ago, um, I would struggle to get my husband to have sex with me unless he was high or drunk or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But later discovered that his daily routine was to have a wanky in the shower, you know, and I often wonder if he didn't have that in play then he would have some urge left for me. But because he was- your water, your water bill would be so much lower. He was <laughs> he was serving himself first, basically, and leaving yeah, nothing definitely. left over for me, you know? And this is where I, what Luke said earlier, I think rings true. If, if your partner's masturbation habits are increasing their drive for you, great. But if it's taking away from, from what you should be generating with them, then I see that as a, you know, a real problem. Um, yeah, that's my little share and on it, that. Again, it comes down to the openness to having that conversation, not just going, oh, I'm offended. To be like, well, yeah. hey, I noticed, I noticed that you're sinking your own battleship quite regularly. Would you like <laughs> to discuss that? Like, yeah. is that something you want to bring up? Or, you know, right. or are we just going to pretend that nothing's happening Absolutely. and then let it go further and further yeah, was... and then it turns septic and weird? Yeah. I don't know. That could just be places. me. Could just be me. I what I didn't look up though, and I'd be very interested to find the um, if anyone out there is who is watching this can find me some statistics against um, the rise of pregnancy and STDs during post and during COVID. I would love to find out because I'm sure that you know once everyone's put it away for a little while. Um, I did read a study saying that people weren't actually seeking medical attention, obviously for everything, but that S there, there was a there was a spike in STDs in I can't remember it was it was an American like small American yeah. city slash town because mm. they were so worried about COVID, they're not going to the doctor to treat their STDs, still yeah. sleeping around, and yeah. the, there was a rise in STDs. What's yeah. a bit of gonorrhea? <laughs> you know <laughs> but no i think pregnant look maybe it's just because of my age and like the age of my child i'm seeing a lot of pregnant 
women around now, really? or people with young children. I, heard, I um, thought they said it was at a low, like the well in the U.S. I heard the the percentage was at a all time low. It's, for it's, it's been quite different here in Australia because we really? hadn't we up until now until this year we hadn't had a stricter lockdown kind of thing that you guys had earlier right. on. Mm. so it could be that you know what i mean there's so many variables when it comes right. to this su subject and conversation but i think it's really interesting especially with you know the the um the uh what am i trying to say god speak stephen um <laughs> the breadth of experience on the panel i will say is that the future seems to be trending brighter especially for you guys who all have children it's not this sex isn't this mystifying you know whisper about it on the playground kind of thing anymore right it's a topic that is that is regularly brought up in school i remember i remember year seven we had mandatory you know separate the boys and the girls and that day was raining and there were there were tampons all over the quad like <laughs> Just swell, swollen up tampons all over the cord and just oh, condoms no. everywhere, water balloons, you know, because, you know, year seven, hello, that's what they're right. going to do. But being willing to have the conversation, the age-appropriate conversation as well with children yes. can only serve them to make better decisions because of their parents' experience, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's important, well, we, my son's 15, and, you know, my husband and I were having a talk with him a, a few weeks ago, you know, like, oh, it's great. You know, your sister's saving herself for marriage, but we want you to make the right choices, good decision. And he goes, he literally looked at us and he goes, I'm not doing that. And my husband and I looked at each other. We literally like stopped like the record, like the music stopped. <laughs> we looked at each other and we said, what? He goes, I'm not doing that. And I was just like, uh, I didn't know what to say. And then my husband's like, okay, he was chill. And then that's when he knew he had to have that conversation. Like, we can't control what you do, but we can keep you safe. And I think as parents, you also need to be realistic. You can't be there every second for your kids and make decisions for them, but I can give them the knowledge that they need to make good choices. But Absolutely. I always told him, don't bring home no babies to me because I'm too young to be a grandmother. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's very different because you do have a boy and a girl. You know what I mean? You've got mm. you've got both sides of the coin. And it's the way it's, that the way that historically they've been talking historically, let's talk right. the way that they've been spoken to historically is quite different. You know it's mean? completely yeah. different. Go out, boys can go out and get it and girls should keep it right. closed and you know, whatever. Right. Like our daughter but, wasn't allowed to date till she was sixteen, but he's fourteen, fifteen, but he can have a girlfriend. I'm like, well, how is that fair? Like I'm like, no, he has the same rules. He can't date till he's sixteen. And my husband's like well, he's a boy, whatever, let him do whatever. No. So <laughs> I told him, I'm like, well, you can have a girlfriend, but you don't have a car. You don't have a job. How are you going to go see her? I'm like, it's like a pretend girlfriend because I'm not taking you to see her and I'm not paying and for if, And if she's in this house, that door stays open, young man. Oh, no, she's not coming in this house. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. She's not coming in this house. No. <laughs> you don't even have a girlfriend. It's I call it pretend. It's play play. Uh, it's play play. That's cute. Until he's 16, yeah. Why? <laughs> then, then we'll renegotiate the contract at 16. But oh. it's, yeah, interesting. So, like, especially Luke, as a father, a single father to a girl, mm -hmm. you're, yeah. you're going to, especially when she gets to, you know, hormones kick in age where young girl, sweet young girls become screaming emotional balls of rage. Are you, what what do you think you're going to empower Buffy with? Well, look, she will probably annihilate me anyway because <laughs> she's already smarter than me. But I think the main thing is just to have trust there as well. Trust me because I want you to trust me. And I know that children will only tell you what they want you to know. And I'm not going to be offended if you withhold something, but I want you to know you can come to me when you need right. me. And it's, mm -hmm. I ain't going to judge you. Like, come yeah. on, look at what I was up to. At your like was like, oh. <laughs> well, no, actually, I wasn't. I was a virgin when I was twenty-one. Believe it or not, but I was just <laughs> good boy. But nothing, nothing. There's nothing that's ever going to bother me. Never feel ashamed of anything you've done right. because it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what matters is you're safe and that you love, and yep. that's it. Yeah. And Katie, you've got double trouble coming your way. Yeah. I can only imagine when <laughs> the hormones kick in. When the hormones kick in at your house, it's going to be fun. Yeah, look, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you know, my girls are pretty um, aware that relationships and therefore sexuality is going to take many different forms. I think the area of concern that I have for them is, um, and I know this applies both to boys and girls, but to girls in particular, to really understand at an early age that porn is not real, Yeah, that these people yep. are actors, yeah. that these scenes are cut together and shot in such a way that you're not seeing the reality of the situation and that, so that when they hook up with someone and they're maybe being asked to do something that really is more pornographic than it is intimate, um, yeah. that to understand that these things are not real. You know, I, I find it quite disturbing that so many girls think that, oh, everybody does anal now. You know, and it's like, sure, maybe more people do that now than they used to, but I never want my girls to feel like what happens they in porn is yeah. is supposed to be normal and that if they don't do those right. things that they're somehow prudish. You know, that's the area that I think is really, really damaging. Um, and, yeah. you know, applies to boys as well. I think for young men, um, they suffer anxiety because they can't perform right. in the way that they see on screen and that this might cause them either to do more than they want or to be so afraid to even have sex with anyone because their cock is not as big or they can't get right. hard or, you know, or the same with girls. So I, I think that's, that's probably going to be the conversation because I know that statistically, you know, in another year, their friends are going to start showing them porn. You know, and I need yep. to be on the front foot with them and go, this yeah. is not not real. It's like watching Frozen, right? right. There is no Elsa. There is no mountain. <laughs> there's no snow monster, right? You you know that that's very entertaining and it's not real. You know, porn is exactly the same. Yeah, It's not real. It's all directed. These people are professionals, you know, and, and what you see is, is totally acting and unreal. And please don't think that that resembles what real sexual 
interaction looks like between two consenting adults, you know. So that that's that's going to be my bugbear. And I know that my girls are going to go, oh, that's gross, and they're going to hate it. Oh, you know what? Years later, I hope they will understand and they will thank me for it and go, yeah, I'm there allowed to say no to this, 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 and this yep. because I'm not a porn star, you know. Right. And, and also, I have to be. When it comes down to it, if they if they find that that's something they enjoy, you've at least done it. You've done your job. You've done your hey, due diligence. It, again, you know I mean? if they want right. to do it, I'll support them. And frankly, it's none of my business what they choose to do. <laughs> but to yeah. give them the information to go, you don't have to choose that. Yeah. But you've given them the point, right tools. At some point, someone's going to bring this up and you're going to have to make your own decision about what's good yeah. for you and your body. And there's no right or wrong about that. But to know that they're always having a choice around what they're doing and that they're never feeling pressured to do more or less than they, you know, want right. to do. So, yeah. yeah, cool. So to, to wrap it all up in a nice little bow or, you know, ropes or leather, <laughs> whatever you want to use, whatever you want to tie it up with, I think oh. in sex, in the modern day, I think the openness that we are, that everyone's starting to, I feel like we're only at the beginning of it, right? We're like, we're on this precipice where honesty can come through a little bit more and... The shame is, yeah, right. honesty and respect and shame is, shame is going down. It's not, it's not bad to admit you're a sexual being or you're no. not a sexual being yeah. or you like this and you don't like this. So I think having this kind of conversation especially is really important moving forward so that everyone can live a happier, healthier, more productive existence because sex is part of life. It's part, it's just like taxes and, you know, everyone's got to pay up sometime. If you choose to. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again for the Real Talk Roundtable. We'll be back at you soon. Thank you to my lovely panel as, and also Vera and Marie who had to step away. But we'll see yeah, you all no, again Marie, soon. Marie dropped out. Marie had a, yeah. a storm. Sorry. <laughs> or, or did she? she <laughs> her, husband's, <laughs> her husband's a fan. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye. Thank you. See you guys. something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details